Hey everybody, Richard Bird here. So the other day I was listening to Karanda Adair's podcast and one of the things that she said that really shook me, if, if you would, is that when success is an option, then it's very hard to get there. What I realized in my life is that I had built a lot of revenue streams in such a way that I never really needed to succeed in anything new. And so I kind of wallowed in this nebulous area trying to find quote unquote a purpose. And it was hard because I never truly made success a, a actual goal. And so uh, I just wanna leave that with you. When you have not adequately and definitively defined your win, your success point, then it's still an option. And so therefore it's gonna be very hard for you to get there. Thank you, thank you, Karanda, for pointing that out to me. When success is an option, it's very hard to get there. So make some, uh, make some arrangements in your life. Do some rearranging in your life and make sure that you define the, the win. Welcome to Begin As You Mean To Go On. If you're a woman of color with a mission-driven service-based business and you want to increase your income and your impact without burning out in the process, you are in the right place. I'm your host, Karanda Adair, recovering WordPress developer, content marketing coach, and CEO of Carvel Digital. I've survived being a black woman in the tech industry, getting fired for culture fit, and gone on to build a thriving business. I want to show you how to work hard once to create systems in your business that continue to work for you as you grow so that you can not just survive, but thrive and live your best life. Let's get it going. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Begin As You Mean To Go On. So glad to have you here. And I'm super excited for today's topic, which is really a medley of topics. This is the last episode of season two. And so I thought it'd be cool to do just a big wrap up of the first two seasons. And I'm going to go through each of the episodes and tell you what I think is probably the most important gold nugget from each of those episodes. So if you're new to the podcast, if this happens to be your first episode, then you're in for a treat because I'm going to give you the cliff notes on all the other episodes. And then you can use that as a guide to decide the order that you would like to binge the rest of the episodes in. So uh, you're welcome. If it is your first time with us, go ahead and listen to the end. Listen to the end of this episode. And then if you found it valuable, I'm going to invite you to go ahead and subscribe, to leave us a rating and review and do all the good things. And the other thing we're going to do in this episode is I reached out and I asked my audience for some questions that they would like me to answer on the podcast. So we're going to go through and we're going to do the nuggets. And then I'm going to answer some of the top questions that I got on the podcast. So between those two things, you are sure to get value from this episode. Before we jump in, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners because here as I record this episode, we've just broken 4,000 all-time downloads. So thank you so much for listening, for sharing, for getting the word out to the people. I really appreciate you. All right, let's dive in. So episode one was really the introductory episode where I really introduced myself, my company, what we do, my background. And when I look back at the episode, I think the thing that stood out to me the most that I think based on the questions that I get from people is I talked about getting my first client 
and my mindset around that first client, because that first client was not an ideal client, as most first clients tend to be, right? We don't start out, you know, having those dreamy clients out of the gate. And I knew that going in. And so even as I said yes to that person, I was already scheming and planning on how am I going to replace this client? So I think that's really good, especially if you have a newer business, you're you know younger in your entrepreneurial journey, that you don't have to wait until you have all these years of experience and all this wisdom to have the mindset of a successful CEO, right? You can know like, hey, I'm doing what I got to do. And then I'm also going to do what I got to do to get where I need to go. So that is, I think, the, the nugget I want you to take from um, episode one. So episode two was around belief and the importance of belief in your business. And I took my inspiration for this nugget from my friend JR, who on his own decided to do a little Facebook Live and share the nugget that he took away, which was really the quote from the episode where I talk about if success is optional for you, then it's going to be really hard to achieve because anything worth doing is going to have roadblocks, it's going to have barriers, it's going to be hard and challenging. And if you have the mindset of, well, I don't really have to do this, then it's going to make it more inviting for you to quit. And JR had a really great perspective on that that he shared. And I think that is the golden nugget of that episode. All right. Episode three, I had my very first guest and it was my marketing mentor, Chris Davis from Automation Bridge. And the thing, I mean, I love so many things about Chris. So just go listen to the episode. But the thing that I really took away and that I hope that other people take away from that episode is when Chris shared how he got his first mentor. Specifically, he said he was following his first mentor for three or four years because he couldn't afford the program that his mentor was offering. And then he finally started implementing the advice, started getting some sales, and spent 70% of his earnings to enroll in this person's course. This is what I tell people all the time when they come to me, they want to work with me, they say, I can't afford it. You know, this is what I've done for years. Up until the last year, I've always had to get resourceful and say, okay, here's what I want to do. It's this investment. How am I going to make that happen? And so to hear that from Chris, I thought was really powerful. My most recent client actually came to me a few months back and then went and collected her coins and specifically got a client in order to come and join bootcamp and pay for the program. So it works if you are resourceful and determined, um, you can make things happen. And that's what I want you to take away from that episode. All right. Episode four was around asking better questions. And this is a favorite topic of mine. And the big takeaway from this lesson is just don't, don't be lazy with your questions, right? By that, I mean, one, if you're going to just like random people in Facebook groups <laughs> to ask your questions, maybe that's not the best idea, depending on the group, right? It depends on the group. Generally, it's not the best. But the other thing is just asking questions without context and not giving people the context for your question and also the outcome that you're trying to achieve. If you, even if you just keep going to random groups, if you just do those two things, give people context and focus on what is the outcome that you want to achieve with this question, with the answer to this question, I think you'll start to get better answers and you'll start to get better results. So, number five, using content as an asset. It's a miracle that episode wasn't two hours long because that's kind of like, that's my whole business, right? Teaching people to use content as an asset. So I kind of struggled on this one, but the nugget I'm going to take away from this one is that you need to map out your customer journey in order for content to truly be an asset for you, right? Offer audience messaging, that's a given. But if you don't 
have a roadmap to where you are trying to get people to go and some idea of how they're going to go from not knowing anything about you to becoming a client and buying your services, then it's going to be really hard to use your content strategically and effectively. So if you still have not mapped out your customer journey and figured out what are the points and destinations along the road of them becoming a client, I highly encourage you to go listen to that episode and then map that journey for your business. Episode six. Episode six was my second guest. This was an interview with Megan Hale about her money mapping system. And I love Megan. I love Megan's program. I love her service. She's a profit first professional. And the thing that I love about Megan is that she's really, really focused on the why. Yes, we're talking about money and we're talking about revenue and we're talking about income. And that's the thing I think she does that so few people do that bring it down to the ground is you have to tie your income and your revenue goals to why you want those things. And I do this when I'm interviewing people who are interested in joining my program. If someone tells me they want to make $100,000 and they don't know why, (laughs) then it's going to be really hard to achieve that goal. Because again, when you come up with challenges, you're going to be more likely to quit if you don't have a really strong reason why. So tying income goals, and this isn't just like if your income goals are high, this can also be if your revenue goals are are really low, right? Sometimes people's goals are really small and then they tell me what they want their lifestyle or what they want their business to be like. And I have to tell them like, hey, your revenue goals are a total mismatch for what you've just told me you want your business or your life to look like. So that's really the gold nugget. So if you haven't really visited, if you have a revenue number that you're striving for and you're kind of unclear on what that number is going to do for you, go revisit it. Go check out the episode. Go check out Megan. Awesome, awesome stuff. Number seven. Episode number seven was going beyond just, I want a website for my business, right? I'm always fired up when I get to talk about tech. The takeaway from that episode is that you have to have strategy first, right? This is where people get into trouble. This is why I quit making websites as a service, right? Because people who come to me and they're like, oh, I just want a website and they don't understand the strategy of how that website is gonna actually generate revenue for them and be part of their marketing, it's not going to give you the results that it could. So if you are just sort of creating content to create content, if you're working on a website, but you don't have a strategy and you don't have a plan, you gotta go get one. So go check out that episode. Episode eight was about normalization, right? Making six figures your new minimum and um, really talking about the importance of normalization and the things that we normalize, right? And the takeaway from that one really is awareness. It's a little bit of a mindfulness exercise, right? To, To even be aware that there are things in our life that we normalize. Some people normalize putting pineapple on pizza and God bless, right? That's not my normal, right? But just being aware of the things that we take for granted as normal and then being willing to um, test those beliefs, right? Being willing to figure out, okay, what are my goals? Let me lift the limits off for a second and really dream and think about what do I want my life to be like and how do I make that my new normal? And so the takeaway from that is the simplest hack when you are trying to reach a level that you have not been at previously is your environment. To put yourself in an environment where whatever you're trying to reach is normal because that's gonna help your brain just like get to that new level and you don't even know it's happening. Like you, you're making 5K a month, you're hanging out with people who are making 30K a month, all of a sudden that number doesn't start to seem so astronomical to you and you find your revenue is going up. It's, it's a super easy hack. 
Oh, the next one, episode nine, is the awkward teen phase of business. Still in it, really loving how things are shaping together in my business. And the takeaway from this isn't so much about the awkward teen phase as much as it is the fact that there are phases of business. <laughs> so get yourself a little map and figure out the you are here spot on the map and know there are phases of business. There are challenges that go along with each of those phases. There are kind of normal things that, that are going to crop up in each of those phases. And if you are armed with the knowledge of those things ahead of time, then you're going to be better prepared to meet those challenges. So go check out the episode, but also whatever phase you are in, just know folks have been through that phase before and you can get a guide <laughs> so that you're not surprised by all of the things that are come at you in any given phase of business. Episode 10 was doing business while black. And the real takeaway from that episode is just like, stop asking black people for free shit. I really detail kind of a painful year in my business where even the people who are my clients who are already paying me were just asking for more and more, but not willing to invest anymore. And that is just a really messed up scenario. And it really did a number on me for a while in my business until I until I was able to look back and identify the pattern of it happening. So if this is you and you're that person that's constantly like trying to get free advice, slide up in people's DMs, like just stop. If you want something from someone that's part of their business, go through the proper channels, pay your coins and, and get what you need. So that's, that's the takeaway from that episode. Episode 11, I talk a lot about how last summer I kind of had my glow up and I made 90K in my business in 60 days, which was far and above the revenue that I had done at any time previously. And I did that episode because it's so easy to look at people's Instagrams or be in Facebook groups or whatever and see people sharing their wins and feel small or like you're never going to get there or like wonder if it's possible for you. And while that was a great achievement in the business, I had been in business for over seven years when that happened. And I had gone through a lot of things <laughs> to get through that. So I wanted to just give a really realistic picture of what it took to get to that point to give people some signposts and a guideline that you need to be in this for the long haul, especially if you belong to marginalized communities, it might take you a little longer to reach some of these milestones just because that's the society we live in and things are stacked against us. So the big takeaway from that episode is don't compare yourself and your wins to people's Instagrams, right? <laughs> to people's highlight reels, like really try to get the real story of what it takes to get to a certain level. And then know that you are just going to have to run your own race. Like nobody, everybody has to run their own race. Even the most privileged of people still have to run their own race and do the work to get to where they are. So that is the big takeaway from that episode. Ah, start of season two. Episode 12 was about focus. Um, focus is my word for the year. So I'm constantly just reflecting back on focus. And my, my takeaway for you from that episode is just to be really intentional about what you focus on because what you focus on is going to grow. So if you focus on all the problems and all the challenges that you're having right now in your business, those things are going to grow. If you're focused on your wins and you're focused on tracking and celebrating your small wins, that's going to grow. And those are going to lead to bigger wins and bigger wins. That's why in our coaching call every week that I have with my clients, we start by celebrating wins and everybody shares, doesn't matter how big or small, something that is going well for them this week. Episode 13 was about better boundaries, better business through better boundaries. I think this was one of the episodes that was inspired by a lot of conversations I was having at that time with folks who are really struggling with their boundaries. And 
If you don't have good boundaries in your business, you are robbing yourself of time, you're robbing yourself of peace, and you're robbing yourself of revenue for sure. Okay. So if that's you, if you are a people pleaser and you struggle with this, go back and listen to that episode because I give you a lot of actionable strategies of varying levels of you know bravery required <laughs> to start figuring out what your boundaries are and to start setting them and to start, of course, using content to set those boundaries. Number 14 was the giant choosing your tech stack episode. And this was a monster episode. I detailed all of the, well, not all, but a lot of the tech that we use in our business every day. And the main thing that I want people to know about technology, especially if you're technology averse, right? You're not, it's not something you enjoy is I want you to start hiring technology like you hire people, right? This is how I want you to think about technology. I want you to think about it like, okay, I have a job that needs to be done in my business and I'm going to hire a tool to do this job. So you, for that to be true, you need to know what the job requirements are first, right? Before you go looking at all the shiny objects. And then you need to look at specific tools and say, okay, can it do these job requirements that I needed to do? And if you approach it like that, you're going to have a lot better experiences and you're going to invest in technology that's going to last a lot longer in your business than if you just go into a Facebook group and say, hey, what do you use for scheduling? (laughs) Okay. So that is the takeaway from that episode. Episode 15 was an interview with one of my favorite clients, Adriana Locke. And Adriana is an acupuncturist who then created a product, the Massage Box. And one of the things that I love about this episode is she talked about following her jealousy. Because as a health practitioner, going online and creating an online-based business was something that had really never been part of her world of possibility. And it was hearing from someone else who was in the same industry and hearing the success that they, they were having that really opened her mind to like, oh, you actually can make money online as a wellness person. And she followed that jealousy and she did a lot of really hard and foundational work to set herself up to be able to have the online business that she has today and to be able to have that flexibility. And so when COVID hit last year, she was in a position that was really the envy of a lot of other practitioners because she didn't just have one way of making money then that was seeing clients in person, which we weren't able to do for a long time. So I really love that episode just for the for the foresight and the being will, willing to follow that intuition. So great episode. You should definitely go. Go check it out. All right. Episode 16 was about the power of documentation. So we had our once in a while snowpocalypse ice storm in Portland, and we ended up losing our power for a few days. I ended up being out of contact with my team for a while. And for the most part, things kept going really well in the business, thanks to the documentation that we have in place. And so if you're someone who doesn't get excited about process and documentation like I do, what I want you to know is that you cannot have a real business until you get your knowledge out of your head. If all of your knowledge and all of your business processes are in your head, you're just building yourself a job and that's fine. If that's what you choose to do, that's fine. But just know if you're trying to build a business that's scalable, if you're trying to get help from other people and hire people into your business, you are going to have to do this step. And it is non-negotiable if you want to have success in your business and if you don't want to be trapped in your business. So great episode. 
All right. The next episode was a great follow-up to that. It was my interview with Veronica Jans from Business Laid Bear, and she is a process and a systems expert, and she helps people get their back ends together with lots and lots of cool puns and kink. <laughs> and so if you're someone who doesn't like doing all that back end stuff and all that process stuff, you can go listen to this episode and then you can hire Veronica. And the big takeaway from that episode really was that systems equal freedom. So no matter how much you hate the idea of maybe creating SOPs or doing that kind of stuff, you have to find someone who loves it. You have to get it done because that is what is going to give you freedom in your business. So go check out that episode. Episode 18 is Excellent Client Experiences Marketing. And just like the title says, client experience is marketing, right? People come to me all the time. They've built their entire business on referrals and word of mouth. And the only way that you can do that is if you're actually giving people awesome service. And there are so many businesses that look amazing on the outside. And when you get on the inside, they are not delivering what they promised, or they're delivering it really inconsistently. And so client experience is marketing. And I think especially newer business owners get focused on, okay, I got to get clients, I got to get clients, I got to figure out my marketing. When you get those clients, you actually have to deliver and make sure that the experience is good. So don't forget to focus on that part too. Episode 19 was another awesome interview with Cindy Constable from Published and Paid. And Cindy helps folks get hired as contributing authors to major publications. So it's not someone interviewing you and you having a like a feature. It's you actually being the person who writes the article, who gets the byline. It builds incredible authority in your business. And the thing that I love that Cindy said in this episode was nobody puts as seen on the Facebook news feed on their website, right? You go and you see that string of logos. That's not in there, right? So it's really a huge mindset shift from being trapped on the hamster wheel of social media to looking at what long-term value can you get from your content by putting it in more valuable places, right? Places where people are going to see it long-term, where you can continue to get sales and clients and leads long-term from places with incredible authority. So that is an awesome interview and you should definitely go check that out. Episode 20 is about hiring. And I was as surprised as anyone to be making an episode about hiring, but I felt like I wanted to share my experience because there's a lot of advice from quote unquote gurus coming down that the only way to grow your business successfully is to hire full-time employees right off the bat. And that's not my experience. And so in that episode, I share what is my experience and how I got the team that I have now, which is awesome. And I think the takeaway there is that it's okay to leverage the experience of other people to kind of give you a head start in hiring, especially if it's something that you don't have experience and expertise in. So in that episode, I talk a lot about I leverage the experience of a hiring consultant to help me find good people. I leverage the experience of agencies who hire certain kinds of talent to help find good people and place them on my team. And it's working really, really well. So go check that one out if you're struggling to hire. Episode 21 was another, I've had a lot of really amazing guests on y'all. Episode 21 was an interview with Trudy Lebrun and Trudy is an uh, equity diversity consultant and she teaches people how to have equity centered businesses. And the takeaway that I want to share with you from that episode is that there is so much going on right now with regards to social justice and you've got your Instagram warriors and you've got people putting up their black squares and people putting diversity statements on their website 
And all that is fine, but this is a long haul project. This is not something you take a class or you go to a workshop and you check off a box. If you want to be an equity centered business, then you need to be intentional about it. You need to pay someone to learn how to do that. And you need to infuse it into every part of your business. So into how you hire people, how you deal with your staff, how you structure vacations, all of those things have equity infused in them or can have equity infused in them. To really be true to that process, you need to go through a process and it needs to be long-term and it needs to be baked into your business. So Trudy is an amazing resource. If that is a goal of yours and you wanna learn how to do that, go check out the episode and go hire Trudy. Episode 22 is about marketing outside of social media, ditching social media in your marketing. And I made this episode because I see a lot of folks who are getting really tired of the social media treadmill. (laughs) And, you know, the takeaway from social media is it's basically sharecropping. And I don't know about you, but that's never really worked out for my folks. So if you're tired of that social media hamster wheel, I want you to know you can step off. You can step off. There are so many ways to market your business outside of that, some of which are highlighted in previous podcasts, right? Go listen to Cindy's episode. If you're feeling just kind of like tired of that cycle and you want to do something, you want to step back and you want to do something that is longer lasting and longer term and it's going to give you more ROI for your effort, definitely go check out that episode. It's, It's definitely worth it. The last episode just last week was an awesome interview with another amazing client of mine, Lena Bakshi. Lena is the founder of STEM for Real, and they offer STEM education for teachers and administrators to help create STEM programs with social justice infused into the program. And I love Lena's story of how she started the business. She started it by writing a children's book. She saw this inequity happening and she wanted to make STEM for real <laughs> for kids of all backgrounds and all all races and ethnicities. And so she wrote this children's book and it became a company. And what I took away from that is you just just start. Like if you see a problem, just start. Start with where you are, you know, create something small, a small solution and be open to what that can grow into. I love, you know, my mom was a librarian, so I love that she wrote a kid's book and it turned into a company. I absolutely love that. So amazing interview from just last week. So go check it out. So that those are the nuggets. There you have it. So whatever is pressing and weighing on you right now, you now have a guide to go pick the episode that you need and give it a listen. And now I want to get to some questions. I had some really great questions come through from folks. So I'm going to start with Kelly. Kelly says, I've been working as a virtual assistant for a few years now. I feel like I'm outgrowing general VA admin work. I love documenting processes and have recently started helping solo bookkeeping businesses put processes in place to prepare to hire an assistant. It's the first time I've taken on that kind of work, and I want to shift toward offering that kind of service to more solo bookkeepers and become sort of an OBM for bookkeeping hustles. Okay, I love the focus. I love the niching. That's all awesome. With the goal of helping them create workflows and processes that can be delegated to assistants. So Kelly's question is, how can I get more experience and knowledge about writing processes? Is there anything you recommend, trainings, books, etc.? I want to present myself as an expert who is going to whip the workflow into place and set those business owners to take up on more clients and hire help. So the two books that I really love, 
And these are not books about writing processes, but Work the System was really the first book that kind of opened my eyes to the importance of systems and processes in business. And Clockwork, Design Your Business to Run Itself. I'm currently actually a member of the Clockwork Mastermind. So we're working to clockwork our business. That's another great resources. But really, here's the bottom line about the actual act of writing SOPs is you just have to do it, right? Like most things, you have to do it, write the SOP, give it to someone else, to actually implement and see what result you get. And process improvement is all about continuous improvement. So you have to start where you are. You have to make that video of how you do something or write it out, take the screenshots, whatever you're going to do, and you have to use it. And this is what I tell people when they're trying to create, when they're trying to craft the perfect offer, like before they put it in front of somebody, you just have to do it. You have to do it and let the rubber meet the road and then take the feedback that you get and improve it. You know, I was just talking to my assistant today and we realized, oh, it's time for her to go back to the SOPs that we created almost a year ago when she started with me because some of our processes are so different now. So, you know, you're never going to craft the perfect process and it's just going to stay the same. It's always going to be changing. So just get it out there and start using it and then know that you're going to have to be continuously improving it. This question also seems like there might be a little bit of lack of confidence, right? Because you're new and Being new doesn't mean that you don't know what you're doing necessarily. And when it comes to processes, if you really love processes and you have attention to detail, that's really all you need to get started. So that's that's my take on that. So Kelly, I hope that helps. All right. So Tara asked about evaluating new opportunities, for example, deciding if um, an invite to guest on a podcast is a good fit. I love this question because currently as this podcast grows and as you all share it, thank you so much. I'm starting to be inundated with requests um, from people who want to be on the podcast. And it's really easy for me to evaluate those at the beginning of the year. When uh, I did the focus episode, one of the first things I shared was that I pivoted my business to really focus on helping women of color. So it's really easy for me if I get a guest inquiry of someone who wants to be on the podcast and they don't match that demographic. I'm like, done. So this goes back to boundaries and being really clear what your goals are. So when someone's inviting you to get in front of an audience, you want to think about things like, okay, is their audience an actual good match for the people I'm trying to reach? That's the first thing when it comes to podcasts. So people can be inviting you all day long, but you have to know what your goals are first. And if you have that clarity, then that becomes a filter to put these requests through. And then it becomes much, much easier to see if it's a good fit or not. So I would say if If your goal is to start guesting on podcasts, be clear about what you want to achieve, the audiences that you want to get in front of. This is about knowing your ideal audience. And then when you get those requests, put that through the filter and then see how it comes out. So hope that helps, Tara. Two more. The next question is from Laura. Laura asks, how have you reset after a setback? And for context, she says she's got a new business. She recently had a client mismatch that she didn't foresee. And she said, I gave a partial refund to my first paying client and I'm experiencing some doubt about my offer. So, you know, this is hard because of the timing, right? You're brand new and then you've got your first client and it's already a mismatch. I'm going to refer back to what I said about One of the first episodes where I'm thinking about, I've I've got this client and I already know I have to replace this client. When you're new, you're just, you're accepting clients, you're taking jobs and you're really just getting that pounding the pavement, right? You're getting that hands-on experience to know 
who's a good fit and who's not. So you don't want to make any grand conclusions too quickly when you're in that phase of your business. You want to just be working with as many people as you can so that you can start to learn. Like when you have a bad fit client like that, go back and think about, okay, what were the signs? What were the qualities about this person that made them a bad fit? And what are the behaviors or the the phrases or the things that they say or do that might be red flags for me to recognize that in someone the next time? You know, at that stage of business, you need to just keep at it. You need to talk to a bunch more people. You need to sell your offer to and deliver your offer to a bunch more people before you start trying to draw conclusions that are going to result in any kind of big decisions. I mean just keeping your eye on the prize. This goes also back to, you know, if success is optional, right? Is it not an option? Is success inevitable? Have you decided that success is inevitable? Then the setback is just that, a setback. And you glean what you can, you learn what you can from it, and then you keep moving forward. I would say also go back to the um, 60K in 90 days episode because I talk a lot about like some of the shit (laughs) that I went through to get to that point. So that's a good episode to get more detail about specific setbacks that I've gone through. But when you're new, just like keep your eye on the prize, keep going, and also like get community. Community is so important. And again, If you have the right community, when you have that setback, you can just go to your community and say, oh, here's what happened. And those people are going to give you support. They're going to straighten your crown. They're going to get you back out there so that you can keep moving forward. So those are those are the two big things. Just keeping your eye on the prize, having support, having community that you can go to just because we can't be up all the time. We have to like go and lick our wounds sometimes. And so if you have the right folks around you, they're going to they're gonna let you wallow for an appropriate amount of time. And then they're going to kick your butt when needed to get back out there. So that's my recommendation, Laura. I hope that helps. All right. And last but not least, Lael sent in so many great questions. I could make half of season three with all of the great content ideas that she sent. But I decided to go with this one, which is how do you balance what your audience needs with what you need or want to talk or teach about? I struggle with this and I wonder sometimes if it's an audience mismatch or if I'm growing in places some people aren't ready to go. So I definitely relate to this experience of feeling like you're outgrowing maybe the folks who are in your audience What I want to say about that is that it's so normal and it's so inevitable. If you are growing, you are going to outgrow the folks who maybe came into your business when it was in a different stage of business. So I always lean towards talking about the things that I'm interested in and the things that I'm having conversations, the things I'm seeing people struggle with in the marketplace that coincide with what I'm interested in. So I never think of an idea and wonder like, oh, should I pursue this? Like maybe nobody's interested. I mean, the chances that nobody will be interested are very small. And the thing is, it's like first date marketing. I don't know if I talked about that in an episode, but this idea that, oh, I can only talk about these things because this is what my audience is interested in. No, you have to be authentically you and let your freak flag fly and talk about whatever lights you up And that light is going to be the light that attracts people that also are lit up by those things that are also excited by those things that also want to, to meet you at the, at the level that you're at. So I would say definitely stay close to the joy, right? Stay close to talking about the things that get you really excited and that you nerd out on, even if 
you think, oh, nobody else nerds out on this. I guarantee you somebody else does. And if you don't talk about it, you're not going to find those people. So this is how you find your ideal folks is you you stick to being true to what it is that you want to talk about. And those people are going to find you and you might have to do it for a while. It might take a while, but you know, the clients who come to me, one of the things that they say when they work with us is how much clarity they get because we've now taken their marketing, we've taken and put systems in place that make their marketing visible, right? And that automate some of their processes so that they can have more freedom. Like they love the results. They don't want to be in it doing it, right? That's like hell to them, but they love the results. So, so talk about whatever you want to talk about. Let your freak flag fly and you'll find your people. Guarantee it. All right, y'all. Those were some amazing questions. It's been an amazing season. I have had so much fun having these conversations, either solo or interviews. And we're going to take a little break. And during this little break, we are going to have some bonus episodes just to just to keep you, you know, wet your whistle while we're taking our break. And when we come back for season three, we're going to have all new topics, all new guests. If you are interested in being a guest on the podcast, we're working on finalizing the process for you to go ahead and request to be a guest on the podcast. And let me just reiterate that I am highlighting and featuring and uplifting and promoting women of color on the podcast. If that changes, I'll let you know, but I'm literally inundated with folks who want to be on the podcast who don't fit that description. So let me just put that out there up front. And if you're not on our VIP podcast crew, I'm going to put the link in the show notes for you to join the VIP podcast crew because those folks get extra secret private episodes. Those folks get first dibs on asking questions that they and at requesting topics they might want to have on the podcast. So lots of opportunities to stay connected while we take this little break. And I so appreciate you. So we've come to the end of the episode and now's the time when If you found value in this episode, I appreciate your attention and I would love for you to say thank you by leaving us a five-star rating and review, by subscribing, and by sharing this episode with someone who needs to hear it. Pick your favorite nugget and maybe even go to that episode and share that episode with someone who needs to hear it. I so appreciate you. And until I'm back in your ears, don't forget to begin as you mean to go on. Have you been listening to these episodes, having aha moments, but haven't quite gotten around to implementing what you've learned? If that's you, I want to tell you how you can get more support to get you moving and reaching your goals faster. Content Bootcamp is my 12-week business bootcamp where I help you get clarity on the big three pillars of marketing, audience, offer, and messaging. But this is not just another online course. During our time together, we guide you through crafting a strategy that is specific to your business and then taking the actions that are going to bring you the results you want. I asked my clients why they think you should join Content Bootcamp, and here's what they had to say. I think as a solo entrepreneur, you need to be in community with other people. It's hard to know where you're supposed to go next in your business if you don't have a trusted guide and mentor. And I think that's what Content Bootcamp has provided for me is not only someone that I can trust to, you know, help me build the kind of business I want, but also to be in community with people who are also wanting to, you know, grow and evolve in their business as well. And not all communities are great communities to be a part of, but this one is. What I'm getting out of Content Bootcamp and the community is really entrepreneurship and business is not that hard. (laughs) 
It's actually pretty simple. And it's just how can we continue to keep business simple? And when we keep business simple, money happens. To get started, go to carveldigital.com slash bootcamp and tell us about your business. You'll get an invite to our weekly call where you can talk to me live and in person and get all your questions answered to see if content bootcamp is right for you. See you soon.